Today, I want you to open your mind, open your mind to the possibility that one day we will make contact with an intelligent civilization in outer space. We have in our possession a flying saucer. It's being flown to higher headquarters. There is a lie being told to everyone. They're, they're extra-dimensional beings that an earlier precursor of the, um, the space program made contact with. Do you believe are we alone? Is there life after death? This is the normal Show, introducing Marvel Man and your host, Sarah Martinez. Hey everyone, welcome to another Paranormal Weekend of the Paranormal Show for Friday, December 16th with your host, Vera Martinez. And Marvel Man. And Little Ninja. And hello. Oh yeah, and for the first time, baby snakes. <laughs> is it the first time? Yeah, she's she's um visiting today. <laughs> Welcome to the studio. So we are live from Austin, Texas, powered by Blog Talk Radio. The Veranormal Show can also be listened to on demand at blogtalkradio.com/slash/veranormal. And you can also find us on iTunes. Tonight's show, we are talking about. Waking Dream Therapy, and we are very—we have a very special guest to explain the benefits of this therapeutic technique. So if you have any comments or questions, give us a call. The number is 818-532-9739. Again, 818-532-9739. <clears throat> so how are you guys? Doing good. What's shaking? Yeah? Are you excited about the guest for tonight? Absolutely. Oh, this is yeah. going to be really cool. I know. I have um, a couple of very... Um, Interesting questions. Well, me and you have been kind of tracking some dreams here the past week or so. I got I got one or two I've been thinking about. It was a very crazy week, <laughs> for sure, of, of daydreaming. Okay, uh, well, you know what time it is. Uh-oh. It's time for Martha Man's Weird But True. Oh, yeah. Weird But True. All right, listen up. This is your Weird But True with Marfa Man. Are you just dying to get a day off of work? I know some of you guys here are. Um, are you out of sick days, maybe? Well, how about some dead days? Um, Brookville, Pennsylvania, 45-year-old Scott Bennett published an obituary for his living mother in a ploy to get time off of work. Relatives called the paper the Democrat um, after the obit appeared. Um, and uh, to report the woman was actually alive and well. Uh, the, the Democrat editor, uh, Randy Bartley, says he accepted the obituary in good faith after being unable to confirm the funeral arrangements at press time. Uh, the police say Bennett woke up to uh, the memorial notice because he didn't want to get fired from taking time off work. So he's actually being charged with disorderly conduct. I mean, how about how about dismoral conduct? Um... Bennett says he feels bad about what he did because, uh, you know, he said he loves his mom to death. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> you love it. <clears throat> All right. Well, it must be Mother's Day because a daughter is yearning, I repeat, yearning the return of her mother's ashes. Uh, Rochester, New Hampshire. Diane Bozzi always brought her mother's ashes to get this bingo games for good luck. 
Um, well, uh, last week, the urine was uh, stolen from Bozzy's van by someone targeting unlocked cars. She and her mother loved playing bingo together. Before her mother died in 2002, Bozzy promised her she would take some of her ashes with her when she went and played bingo. Her mother agreed, saying that this would bring her good luck. <laughs> Apparently not. Uh, Bozzy says, um, whoever stole my mom's urine better return her. She also went on to say, seriously, I'm not playing any games. Get it? Hmm? Bingo? Okay. Bingo. What? Maybe not. <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> actually, just yesterday, the urine was recovered on Bozzy's uh, doorstep. So, when she saw it, she actually jumped up really high in the air and yelled, Bingo! <laughs> you know what Bozzy's husband said when he saw it? <laughs> What? He said, Bozzy! <laughs> <laughs> I oh don't God. get it. You don't get it? Like Sorry. bingo? All right. <laughs> okay. Um, you're under arrest again. Uh, let's see. Uh, a drunken, this is, I think it was in Florida, a drunken Donald Gardner, 48, was arrested the other night for disturbance at his neighbor's house. The Port Ritchie man who fessed up to drinking six brewskis and taking six oxycodone codone pills um, they found him in the bushes um, with his shorts on backwards, actually. Just wanted to include that. They arrested him at 6.30 p.m. They brought him into the jail. They actually uh, let him out after, I guess, he made bail or something. And at 10 p.m., he went out into the front, and he was waiting for a car to come pick him up. Well, apparently, the people that were coming to pick him up, they didn't come uh, quite when he wanted him to. So he actually broke into one of the cars at the police station in the front. So uh, one of the uh, officers saw him. The officer ran up to him and he said, you're under arrest. You're going to jail. Now come inside. So um, I thought, <laughs> sorry. Um, uh, yeah. Anyways, what I was going to say is, you know what they call uh, mixing alcohol with drugs? It's double trouble. So uh, Donald Gardner was actually in jail and he was sitting there by himself and he asked himself, what are you in for? <laughs> That one, can I get the crickets on that one? I knew I should have pulled that one out. All oh right. my gosh. Speaking of jailbirds, a woman could face charges after sheriff deputies found 445 birds in her home in uh, Santa Barbara, California. 445 birds. An anonymous tip led sheriff's deputies to Sandy Coppola's house, where they found the birds, including chickens, parrots, turkeys, and quails. Um, farm animals, they actually had cats and dogs were also in there. The county uh, animal shelter, which is set up to handle two or three birds, is actually hosting all of these animals right now. So um, police said this type of uh, behavior in Santa Barbara is not going to fly. And uh, you, know what they, uh, you know what they said when they actually barged in and saw all the birds in there? What? They, t- they told Sandy, you're under a nest. She's done it. Oh, my God. Hello. Instead of under arrest. Wait, explain that again. <laughs> I think so. Instead of saying, hey, you're under arrest, they said, hey, you're under a nest. <laughs> okay, I just want to make sure I, I understood that one. Okay, Coppola uh, later uh, said she was uh, sorry for being cuckoo. And you know, you know, and you know what's funny? What? She tweeted that. Tweet? Nice. Oh. You guys are out of it. All right, wings, wings to fur. Zephyr Hills, Florida. Authorities in Florida said they arrested a woman accused of attacking her ex-boyfriend with antlers of a mounted deer head. Terry uh, Nowoski, 20, told uh, Pasco County Sheriff's uh, deputies uh, he and his ex-girlfriend, Chelsea Harrison, 23, lived together 
and uh, and they're, they actually are living together and just to take care of their three-year-old uh, daughter. The woman apparently became angry Tuesday when uh, he went outside to call his girlfriend. Uh, Narosky actually uh, said Harrison locked him out of the home, punched him in the face when he attempted to enter by removing a window screen. Uh, Nawaski said uh, he then attempted to break down the door and was confronted inside by Harrison, who was welding the mounted deer head. Harrison began striking him in the face and body with the ends of the antlers until she lost her grip, dropping to the floor. Nawaski had cuts and swelling all over his face from the attack. Um, Nawaski said he actually went outside to call a taxi. Dermy. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, Harrison <laughs> Harrison's bell has been set uh, and is going to actually cost them some serious dough. Or a buck. Harrison later apologized to Narosky. Go and a buck. I just Get, got that. Come on, guys. What about a fawn? I'm dying up here. What about a fawn? I didn't think of that. All right. Um, Harrison later apologized to Nawaski and said, I'm dearly sorry. Oh, my God. Wow. All right, a couple more for y'all. Police are also on the hunt for drugs. Be careful next time you are eating some nacho cheese. Uh, border control agents arrested a man entering Southern California from Mexico who allegedly hid seven pounds of methamphetamines inside cans of nacho cheese sauce and jalapeno peppers. Um, Customs in Tijuana detained a 21-year-old Mexican citizen whose 1999 Toyota Solara was laced with all of his groceries. Border guards x-rayed the canned goods because uh, they appeared abnormal. And each can, uh, each can contained uh, the whole total amount of methamphetamines was $140,000 worth. Um, he told officers that he traveled to Mexico to go shopping. Cops said to him, these groceries have uh, drugs in them. And he replied, okay, so? Oh, my God. <laughs> hey, man, that's nacho cheese. And that's how I'm ending it. That's what he told cops. But that's what cops told him. Sorry, man, but this is nacho cheese anymore. Did I just... Yeah, you did. <laughs> I got the punchline. You got Before it. Before you got it. You did it. Oh, nice. Goodness. You're on now. <laughs> awesome. And let's end with the last one. Well, doggone, well, maybe not. Uh, Rita and Paul McKinley weren't quite sure how to break the news to their grandchildren. Uh, their eight-month-year-old Yorkshire Terrier Shih Tzu mix, his name is Scamp, uh, had escaped from their yard in Washington and was hit by a car. Assuming Scamp was dead and waited until morning to bury the, uh, the dog, McKinley wrapped him in a blanket and put him under a wheelbarrow to keep animals away from his body overnight. Um, but when Paul went to retrieve the dog the next morning from his burial, there was Scamp sitting there under the wheelbarrow, alive and well. Um, he was sitting up breathing and very much alive. He has since been nursed back to health. Scamp said later, I was fine. I was just dog tired. Okay. Bye. Camp's been eating some of them wishbones. That's your Weird But True with Marfa Man. Peace. I am out. Well, there you have it. Your weekly dose of Weird But True. Stay tuned. Don't go anywhere. We need to take a quick break. But we'll be right back.
Welcome back. If you just logged in, we are The Very Normal Show. If you want to check us out, please go to www.verynormal.com. You can also find us on Facebook and Twitter. (laughs) Okay, I'm excited because our guest for tonight is one of the foremost practitioners of integrative healthcare for healing and transformation. He is the founder and director of a mental imagery school for postgraduate mental health professionals teaching, how do you say your pronoun? Imagery. Imagery, I'm sorry. <laughs> As a tool for healing and a bridge to the inner world. And he's also the author of Kabbalah for Inner Peace, Healing Visualizations, Climbing Jacob's Ladder, and Healing into Immortality. Everyone, please welcome Dr. Gerald Epstein. Doctor, welcome. How are you tonight? Hi, how are you? Thank you for having me. Thank you for accepting our interview tonight. I want to apologize ahead. I'm fighting um, a little cough. So if I have a yes. cough attack in the middle of the show, somebody will take over. Yes, my school is called the American Institute for Mental Imagery in uh, New York. Okay. Uh, well, we're excited to talk to you about your work. So let's begin. First of all, will you please explain to us what is waking dream therapy and how does it work Uh, waking dream has to do with uh, taking a night dream and exploring it while you're awake so uh, the dreams is the is the starting point for a deep journey Uh, and you're going through it by turning inward and going back into the dream and then taking a journey through the dream landscape and describing what you discover and by doing that, you make a deep descent into yourself and uh, clear out and clean out pockets of disturbance from yourself, find out who you are, and uh, and then after that, you can make an ascent and uh, go in an upward journey to a transcendent uh, experience. So it provides you an opportunity to go uh, along this vertical axis down and up, discovering yourself and then discovering other worlds and other existences, and um, and uh, and finally finding out uh, a possibility of making union with the source. So it has a deep spiritual uh, background to it, and was the way of the prophets. Uh, was the way that was taught in the schools of the prophets in the Holy Land, uh, in the ancient world. So the process still exists over this past. Uh, 35 to 4,000 years. And I was taught this and initiated into this by a teacher uh, in Jerusalem uh, when I was there in 1974. And her name was Colette Muscat, Colette Abelkare Muscat. And when I had this illuminative experience with her in our initial meeting, I uh, gave up my uh, direction of healing, of of healthcare, I should say, as a medical practitioner in the conventional way, and then devoted my le- the past 37 years to processes having to do with this inner uh, field of understanding and uh, healing. What was it that made you change everything about your practice? Uh, I had this illuminative experience with her in the first five minutes of my meeting her in 1974, and I was brought there without expecting to have this happen. It wasn't my intention. But in the course of a a short conversation with her, uh, 
she had asked me a question uh, based on a comment that I had made to her, and uh, and when I answered the question that she asked me, she uh, then made a gesture with her arm in an upward manner, which was uh, which I found out subsequently was the axis of freedom, the vertical axis, which is the axis of freedom in this uh, in this time space world. And at that moment, I had a illuminative experience that became a being of light. And, I, and this, this identification here disappeared. And when I came to, uh, I knew that this was a direction I had to follow, whatever, it, whatever the cost uh, and whatever it would mean to do. And, uh, and then I began to study with her. Uh, subsequently, in the, in the couple of weeks I had left uh, before coming back to New York, and from that, I was able to establish a school, New York State Regents Charter Training Center for Healthcare Professionals, to uh, publish six books, over 35 articles, do uh, research, uh, uh, three three research studies of success using mental imagery, that is this mental state of the true and natural language of the mind to uh, create a healing possibility for and to help you change your life. And so everything grew out of this immediate, of this immediate experience. And since that time, I've devoted my entire life process and uh, efforts to the uh, fulfillment of this way. And so... Uh, it was definitely a, a life-changing experience for you. It affected well, I, you, you have very deep. If it occurs to you, an illumination occurs. In the East, they call it enlightenment. Right. If illuminative experience occurs. It immediately is life-changing. It's an, it can become what you might call a necessary experience. The rest of it was a sufficient uh, part of it because it's not just the illuminative experience and it's, it stops at that, but you do have to hone it and practice and uh, flesh it out and keep it alive in yourself, and bring it to bear in your everyday life. So when it so first started I, happening, what were you feeling, and like what was going through your mind, like literally? There was, there was no mind. There okay. was no feeling. There was, it was just a disappearance. It was, just, it was uh, light. So there was no me, and so it was, uh, it was uh, light, and all that, that's all there was. And when I came to, uh, I recognized that I was no longer what I had identified myself as, conventional physician, a psychoanalyst, a psychiatrist, none of that, uh, and that I found a road to truth that I had to follow, and that there was something here that she was offering that I needed to pursue. And then that was my initiation, actually. And when she saw, as I came out of it, and she said, this was interesting, wasn't it? And I said, yes. She said, would you like to learn more? And I said, you bet. And uh, so she invited me to come back the next day, and that began a nine-year apprenticeship with her where I went back and forth 13 years. Wow. Uh, That's awesome. I mean, I'm sorry. I went back and forth 13 times for nine years, varying lengths of time. And so through that apprenticeship, uh, I learned the ins and outs of this way and to begin to find my own way of bringing it to bear as an applied practice of therapeutics to people in their everyday life. And I wrote a book in 1989. I came out in 89 called Healing Visualizations. You mentioned it. Mm-hmm. It's now a classic. It's been published in 13 languages in 15 countries. It's been pirated 
in three other countries. And it's now in its 21st printing year. And so it's the classic work in how you use this natural and true in a language which is a divine language, a language that is given from invisible reality to our visible reality, how you can access it. And we all have the means to do that, and I teach people how to do that, and how to read these images, which we call the hieroglyphs of the mind, and how you use it as a, f- a fount of information for you to change your habits and uh, change your uh, relationships to uh, find peace and harmony in yourself for your creative uh, activity uh, and to mend uh, uh, physical ailments and emotional ailments. It has this uh, incredible range of possibilities that are associated with it. And that book has become a classic and is still in print. And uh, so... Consequently, uh, I've been able to be quite fruitful uh, taking this path, and I've trained many students and have worked with thousands upon thousands of people over the years. Uh, The work goes, uh, and what I do is I give you a path to freedom to show you that you have it within you, and I give you the means to access it. Doctor, um, you you had said earlier about uh, becoming a being of light, a being of light. Uh, Can you explain that a little bit for us? Well, there was just light. It was just, uh, there was, it just was, uh, when she made that gesture in that vertical manner, um, how can I, it's just, uh, the best words I can use is that there was a, a flash of light that was in the place of where I was sitting. And uh, this uh, Jerry didn't exist. The chair didn't exist. Nothing existed but the light. Were your eyes open or closed? Uh, There was no eyes to open or close. It was um, a feeling, it was an experience of uh, unity, an experience of oneness. Does this happen each time or is it that you do this or does it differ each time? Well, now, uh, this... Uh, experience was this uh, you know there are three stages of uh, spiritual practice in the West that we go through and one of the first is the cleansing uh, practice the second is the step beyond which is the illuminative practice and then it leads you to a third phase and the third step which is union so you're making union with the source with the uh, divine reality and in doing that uh, you have uh, you know, you've been here to fulfill your mission uh, in part. It's a two-part mission we have to, uh, to become one uh, with our source and to make that uh, experience of uh, unity and two, to bring what we have learned in this spiritual experience to bear in everyday life to share with people so that they can find their way to it as well. So we're here to change, you know, we, we bring a therapeutic impulse into the world to change the world uh, and to help change the world from a decaying world and a rather insane world that's around us to a world of creativity and sharing, caring, and love. And that's so that's our two-part mission. So with that experience, um, some, some uh, fundamental change took place in my whole personality, temperament, physiology, uh, everything everything shifted. Um, it's hard to explain it in words, but there was um, a, subst- a, a substantial 
incredible change that took place in my whole perspective on life, my attitudes, and my vision, and uh, how I understood reality. But that was, um, I don't know how much time elapsed. I have no sense time disappeared. Everything disappeared in that in that moment of, I can only call it a moment of flash, I have no idea. In time-space terms, how to how to coordinate that, you know, it was, it was just that. So everything, as you know, disappeared, but the emotions. What, dear? Everything, as you know, everything physically disappeared, but the only thing left was the emotions, the feeling. Well, I think what's left is uh, love. Um, and I think that's the uh, the closest I can come. Wow. But it's a universal love that uh, that was pouring. As we call it, I might call it a divine. It's called divine light in the Western tradition. It's called grace uh, in the tradition. It's an influx of divine light, uh, and that just subsumes everything. And uh, and uh, so that I had the, the grace actually for this to happen to me, because I had never I hadn't gone. With this in mind, I, this was not my intention when I was introduced to her. Uh, I was told that the young man who introduced me to her was uh, treated for a condition that he had gone to regular psychoanalysis for for five days a week uh, for three years, and it didn't help him at all. And he told me when I met him that he had gone and met a woman, uh, a therapist who had worked with him and and everything he had tried to find for himself in the analysis was finished in four meetings. And uh, that was intriguing to me, yet I was skeptical because of my background in analysis and how long and arduous that has to take. And he invited me to come and meet her. And as we got uh, got involved in this conversation, uh, she gave me a paradoxical response, which uh, um, because I said that... Uh, I understand that he was uh, healed up by this work with you, but I never heard this about this stuff called mental imagery that he mentioned or waking dream. I never heard of anything like that. And then it occurred to me that uh, in my studies of Freud that he had given the the basic or fundamental rule of psychoanalysis, how to start an analysis as a instruction to young analysts starting out to tell the, to tell the uh, patient to imagine you're on a train use the word imagine, that you're on a train with it, with the patient, and the patient should tell you everything he sees going on in the countryside. And I was very sudden, had a flash of insight. You know, he gave this rule as an image. And uh, she looked at me and she said, uh, in what direction does a train go? And that really, you know, jolted me. It was a paradoxical intervention because... Of all the things we were talking about, what's the difference? What the tra- what's, what difference does the train have to do with it? So I got very tense and self-conscious, and I had to give an answer, and it better be the right answer. And I, you know, what does she mean by that? And I got sweaty and and everything, and I had to finally give an answer. But you know, what what is this? It's a trick. Trains go in a horizontal direction, but then I thought, but yet in Machu Picchu they go up, and in Switzerland they go up, and now suddenly I'm in a turmoil. And finally, I said, I just took a risk, and I said, trains are not infrequently, most often the usual medical answer, had your bets. I shot my hand in a horizontal direction. I said, most of them, they go like this. And I 
the release of myself, I could finally, you know, take an action to release the tension. And she looked at me and she said, and if we change the axis, and she lifted her hand in a vertical direction. And that's when it happened. Wow. Gesture. And so it took, you know, over the 37 years I've been, you know, evolving and understanding the meaning and teaching it to people at the meaning of the vertical axis, the axis of freedom, which is transcultural. It's the, that axis is throughout the entire world. It has that meaning everywhere. The horizontal world is the world of everyday time-space life, and it's our what we call our horizontal reality, our world of habits, routine, <clears throat> and conventional uh, ideas and thoughts and all of that stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so... Doctor, um, for for some of our listeners out there, can you can you explain the difference between um, mental imagery and dreams? Because I think most people dream know is exactly a, what a dream is a form of image. <clears throat> it's um, at night when you uh, go to bed and you you know you, and you turn your senses from the everyday reality. You're turning your senses inward and you discover another level of existence. Everything you know what you guys talk about on your show about. Other worlds and other uh, beings and and so on. Everything is real. It's all real and it's very clear that that's all the case. So it's cool. in the inner form of consciousness, everything is real. Dreams are real. Uh, the imaginal world, as we call it, is real. Even hallucinations are real. Delusions are real. Fantasy is real. Memory is real. There's no human being that can judge another person's experience to say that what they're experiencing is not real. Everything is real. And the dream reality is another level of existence. And you go there and uh, because we're more than the physical body. So, uh, as you understand, so our consciousness goes to this level of reality where we encounter another world that speaks to us in this three-dimensional representation called image, which is a hieroglyph. You know, like the Egyptians had the ancient pharaonic wisdom. They had the hieroglyphs on the walls, and their Mm -hmm. sacred language was put in this picture form. Well, this was just the outward expression of what goes on with us inwardly. So there's a whole region of existence that uh, you can enter and discover in this repository of knowledge called storehouse consciousness you, you discover it has all the knowledge of you. We're made in the image and likeness, as it says in Genesis. And so we're born in the image and likeness of the source of divine reality. And so we're born with all the uh, knowledge within ourselves. The educational system <clears throat> doesn't let you understand that and uh, keeps you away from understanding that, that source of freedom for yourself. So we're introducing it to you so that you can gain access to it. And the dream reality is going and going into this inner world and opening your book of life. The book of life is open to you, rather. And you see you reflected to yourself as you. And three things that you can look at that could help the listeners just to get started with looking at dreams um, is that uh, this world of discovery is that you're looking looking into an inner mirror, and this mirror is reflecting you back to you. Uh, being made in the image and likeness, where the mirror image of the mirror injures, mirror image of the source. So everything is mirrored. Your outside reality here is a mirror reflection of you at first, and your inner reality is a mirror reflection of you. So you're looking in the mirror of your inside life, and you're seeing you reflected back to you in these various images. 
that reflect qualities of you. You're seeing qualities of you. And you're saying like this is what someone should should do when they are laying asleep and they should start focusing right off the bat on doing that? No, when they go to sleep, they'll mm-hmm. fall asleep and they'll dream. And if you want to increase your dream capacity and you're having trouble dreaming, you can take 25 milligrams of vitamin B6 about a half hour before you go to bed. Leave your Ooh. book open. Get a, no, a dream notebook, call it. And, uh, and mm-hmm. on, the, on the page, you open your book and write, let's say tomorrow, you write tonight, night dream, December 17th, 2011. That's going to be tomorrow morning, right? And right. you leave your pen open in the book and you give yourself an instruction that I am recording my dream, present tense, when I get up in the morning. And you can take the 25 milligrams if you want, which will enhance your dream recall. And so you go to sleep and you dream. And now we're teaching you to read it. So you're looking at the mirror reflection of you. You're seeing qualities of yourself, and you're seeing the analogies, the mirror reflection of of what your waking life is because you are the player. You are the self who's living the waking reality. We don't call it uh, the reality. We call it the waking reality. We don't call it real life. So you're living the dream life in that moment. You're living the waking life when you're awake. Uh, and so on. You live the memory life if you're in memory. You know what I mean? So the self is living every single moment in these different realities. So it always is mirroring the dream, what's going on in your everyday life, and giving you an understanding right away, if you look at it this way, because you're bypassing your logical, habitual mind, you'll understand clearly the issues of your everyday life and how to handle them. So you're seeing qualities of yourself reflected back qualities of yourself reflected back and the analogies to every to your everyday life and uh and also whomever you meet in the whatever you meet in the dream is also real in itself and you begin to learn how all of these are fitting together to give you information about your life to inform your life so you can direct and guide your life by what you discover in your waking dream experience, in your mental imagery experience, which is an active experience of going back uh, into the inner realm and making the discovery while you're awake. Short exercises, we call them. And if you look at my website, uh, uh I have a whole ba- a batch of imagery exercises up there that are free to the public to uh, download and use. And so on. I have a tremendous amount of information on the website of uh, imagery work. Uh, there's a, a link for dreams, and so on. I explain all of this, and everything is there for your uh, use, and it's free, freely given. And that, that was that was my favorite part of your website, by the way. I absolutely there, okay. love that. <laughs> there's plenty of stuff to yeah. read, and um, also yeah, another website I have with my an associate date named Dr. Elizabeth Barrett, who is a great therapeutic touch healer. And we have a uh, website called powerimagery.com, which I think you'll find extraordinarily interesting. It's quite an quite a uh, an innovation uh, that we we've, we've made to help you find your power as freedom. I have to check that out. And um, I just want to mention something on your website. It mentions remember not to interpret or to analyze your no, dreams. Don't let it speak to you. It is what it is. So it is what it is. You let it speak to you. Don't enter. Don't add your thought to it. 
let it tell you. So you learn to read what it's saying to you. You're learning its language. And we don't want to add our own opinions and speculations about what it could mean, which then destroys the image. You see, the words destroy the image. And uh, and so it's a kind of an, it's kind of a idolatry to add your own analysis and interpretations because you're making conclusions, mental conclusions, which you call graven images, mm-hmm. and it's idolatry. Uh, and it's interesting because idolatry and idea come from the same root in the English language. And uh, so, in effect, it means that this thinking process that we add to it is an evil process that is you know it's a process of mis- of deception and lies and misdirection let it speak so if you've had a dream i know that you guys talked early on i was listening that you had a dream uh and you could tell this dream and we could look and see what the uh, how you how you would look at the images in the dream you want me to or do you have one I have, um, I was going to ask about, well, you talk about no analyzing, but then how do you learn wanted, this language? He wanted to talk about a dr- our right. dreams that we wanted to. Right. Oh, okay. Well, mine wasn't quite a dream. It was a nightmare. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay. I'm, I haven't told this to anybody but two people because it okay. was very traumatic. It affected me, affected me physiologically almost. But one night I dreamt that I opened my eyes and I was in my room and I felt the presence of somebody standing by my my feet and he, I mean it, it might be funny by some people but it wasn't funny to me uh it was a little alien a little gray alien sitting there and then it approached me and I was paralyzed I couldn't move or or I but I, I was able to listen and see but I couldn't I couldn't move I was completely paralyzed and then I felt a hand going into my uh, right upper quadrant by where my liver is and it was squeezing something, and I can feel a hand literally squeezing something in there. And oh, I kept still. telling, stop, stop. And then a second voice said, just relax, look above and look at the stars. And the ceiling opened up, and there were stars kind of trying to distract me. And uh, and I couldn't. I said, no, you're lying, you're lying. This is not true. And I kept fighting and fighting and fighting it and just and started praying. And I finally woke up. And I ran to the bathroom, and I was shaking. I was pale. I I look anemic, completely pale. I never seen a person pale. You don't need to be worried. That wasn't a dream. You just got abducted. (laughs) Just got abducted by aliens. I was just gonna say that that you had a visitation. (laughs) Oh my God! Don't tell me that. How was it? Stop (laughs) it. That's one. We just interpreted it for you. Oh no! Well, that makes me feel a lot better. I read it. Oh, you can you can read it and. Uh, so it is, it's it's real, and uh, so we can ask you know what's the analogy to your everyday life, and uh, we can uh, also ask uh, uh, what is the alien quality of yourself, or um, what is it that's strange to you and and scary to you now in your life, and also it tells about the body. How is your liver? Hmm. Have you been having any digestive disturbances? Oh, yes. I, yes. I used to, and then, yeah, that's a lo- another story, but yeah. Well, it's not another story. It is a story. As <laughs> the liver shows up, and the liver is the metabolic organ. It's the factory of the body. And the dreams tell us about what's going on in the body even before things emerge physically. So you're looking to uh, check that out, perhaps. It might be a wise idea to go 
uh, and I don't advocate running off to doctors at all, but just to check it out to see if there's anything mm-hmm. going on, like to have a liver profile test. Okay. okay. Yeah. So, uh, so, uh, and that may be what's, and you're getting a message there to check it out. So the the, the dream is informing you about looking into this this physiology. And you said at the beginning there was a physiological experience which always is the case, really, in our lives, because the system I teach is that we um, that we are uh, not a cause-and-effect system. It's not one physical thing causing another, but everything is reflecting. It's always mirrors. So the physical reflects, the emotional reflects, the mental reflects, the social reflects, the moral, and it's interacting all the time like that. Mm-hmm. The dream is now giving, making you, giving you to pay attention in something alien, is going on there, and this little being came to finally get you stop and uh, not move so that he could give you a message, and uh, I would go and check it out. Hmm. I also read that sometimes the organs are related to emotions, like the liver is the center of anger. Oh, that's very good for bringing that up. The liver is the seat of anger. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, so, um, so you this may be reflecting something in relationship that's going on right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, that there's uh, some conflict going on. Usually, everything that happens to us in life is connected to relationships. That's the source. That's the the core of everything mm-hmm. that we're experiencing in the everyday life, in which we're running into conflict and difficulty physically, emotionally, mentally, socially, and morally. It's always over relationships of one sort or another. So wow. the current relationship, and the liver is experiencing anger. So there's anger mm-hmm. on the emotional level and some physiological shift, possibly on the physical level, because they'll reflect each other. So you need to check that out. That's very interesting. I definitely That's, will check you, it out. You've been paralyzed by it, but you said you were really you felt paralyzed, couldn't move. Mm-hmm. Right. So it can get to a state where. You don't know what to do with it, and you're feeling in conflict with it, and so on, and how to discharge it, and and whether it's you know, uh, and what what effect it's having on you. Okay, and so no, they all think... all are. The heart is the seat of love, mm-hmm. and lust, and you have uh, the kidney is decision making, the lung is freedom and internal crying, and and the search for uh, independence. Uh, all of them have different emotional reflections. Hmm. Maybe they took your liver. No, <laughs> I wouldn't be functioning right now. <laughs> hey, like, you may have to look at your diet a little bit more, and so on, and etc. Uh, okay, so you don't you don't believe that um, those type of dreams have to do with being abducted by aliens? Oh, like, well, you know people? there are. You know, I think there's some credible. Uh, evidence of the uh, visitations. I've ha- I have a friend who uh, who I'm very close to who was visited. Two, two friends who were visited. One is a renowned psychic in this country. I can't mention his name. Most one of the most renowned in the world. Wow. The other is a friend who lives in a different state uh, mm-hmm. out of New York, and they uh, and. And then John Mack at Harvard, I think he died, wrote a very uh, significant book on the abduction experiences and so on. Everything is real. And no one could tell us, no one has the right to be sit in judgment 
about our experiences. So you're saying even if they were dreaming that that happened, and you still think that that did happen? Oh yes, it, it happened in that in that realm. She went to another she went to another level of existence. Because if I said Vera, when that happened, were you closer to the experience with the alien, or were you closer to the bed you were you were you were sleeping in? Where did you feel closer to? What is it? Were you? Did you feel closer to the alien in your dream, or did you feel closer to your bed? You see, oh. you see, Marfa Man said to me, "Aren't you Marfa Man?" Yes, sir. Yeah. <laughs> he said to me, "Are you?" Uh, he said to me, in effect, without saying it, "When this illuminative experience happened to me, was I closer to it, or to the chair I was sitting in in that room?" Hmm. Was where was where was the where was quotes I? I was. What? Of course, the the I, if we put it in the framework, was the illuminative experience. I had no idea about the chair. So if I say to you, were you aware of being in the bed? Were you closer to the experience of lying as a physical body in the bed or closer to the experience of the alien, uh, you know, and what he was feeling in you and so on? Which were you closer to? Were you aware? the alien, yes. Of course, because you're closer in the dream world, you're there. Wherever you are, let's say you told me you had a dream of being in Hawaii on a beach. Mm-hmm. And I said to you, were you closer to the to the beach in Hawaii or closer to the bed that you were lying in in Texas? You would, <laughs> I, was close, I was at the beach. I hope Hawaii. Yeah. <laughs> I can understand. You see, so we, where, where, we experience, where our senses take us, we are. We're there. And those are realities. And in these different levels of reality, we meet beings. We meet angels, archangels, uh, in all the different uh, realms, cherubim, seraphim. You can meet them all in dreams and in the waking dream experience when you make your ascent up the vertical axis. And you can meet these beings. Ooh, we're talking about multidimensional beings now. Of course. Everything is real and they all exist. Wow, I like you. (laughs) Students who've had... uh, experiences, direct experiences of angels, and I have too. Can we call you every morning? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I wish you could, but I don't know if I could. He's going to send you a really interesting bail. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But I'd like to thank you very much for having me on. Oh, absolutely. Uh, of course, yeah. Um, if you don't mind, uh, we're going to go take a really quick break, and when we come back, can you do a little dream interpretation for Martha Man? We don't call it interpretation, we call it reading. Sounds oh, sorry. Dr- dream reading. We're reading the book. We're reading the glyphs. All righty. Yeah, we know analyze, and we do not interpret. Not analyze. I'll tell it quick. It down, and we're not, interp- we're not adding our own opinions to it. Okay. It's we'll take a break, and we'll be right back. Welcome back. You're listening to the Vernon Show. 
you can give us a call. Our number is 818-532-9739. And we are talking to uh, Dr. Epstein. And Marshall Mann is going to share his dream or nightmare. Okay. This, it was funny that, he, that, that uh, Doctor, that when you mentioned keeping a journal, and it's something that I've always thought about doing but never did until the other night. And it, what was weird, I wanted to ask you about this first as I... I woke up in the morning and I asked my my wife. I had just gotten, I had just woken up. I was still in bed to give me a pen and paper, and I wrote down the dream. And the thing is, I didn't. I wrote it down really elaborately, and I didn't look at it for at least like six days. And the other day, I I pulled it out and I started reading it. And I would honestly say about more than half of it. Not only did I not remember writing it down, but I I, I just I didn't. I did. I, I basically I just did not remember writing that down and it was just so weird to just read something that I wasn't somewhat familiar with. Does that make right. any sense? Yeah, of course. I, I was shocked. It was like reading it for the first, some of that reading it for the first time and being like, wow, I didn't, I don't remember writing that. No, you wouldn't. No. Cause you're saying I'm still somewhat in the, 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 the realm of the dream. Yes. It's still reverberating within you. That's really Which cool. Is good. So it's, it, it was, it was a vital dream that's giving you uh, information that you need to know about your daily life. Okay. All right. Well, um, here's. I'll just tell it really kind of briefly. Um, we were at an, an outdoor wedding. I don't know whose wedding. I never find out whose wedding it is. But a lot of my family's there. Um, my wife and I were. Everybody's dressed up, and I just remember going from room to room. Everybody's staying there, and we're all dressed up really nice. And then I guess I go. At one point, for some reason, I'm playing basketball with some of my with some of the people at the wedding in our tuxedos and stuff. I don't know what that meant. And the next thing I know, I'm I guess I'm inside of a church, and there's inside of it there are these walls that I would say they're in the middle of the room that like are just a few inches wide, but they're these tall little pillars, and they're all decorated with like beads and like uh, pictures of people, like a some kind of celebration thing, but it's not like a wall against this, uh, the, you know, the perimeter. It was just in the middle of the room, and everything keeps falling down while I'm around it. So stuff, whatever's on it, keeps falling down. And I remember my dad being there and being like, "Stop doing that!" And I'm like, "I'm not doing it. It, it just keeps falling, and it was falling all around me." And then all of a sudden, I look up, and this, I would say, turquoise, turquoise or like light blue ceiling is falling down on me. And I look up and look down to embrace the ceiling falling on me, and it crushes me. But I don't feel pain, but I'm still awake. And every, I can hear panting going on around me trying to get me out of there. I get up, and I can feel what would be maybe like the top middle of my back, whatever's there, has been pushed through my like upper throat and into my mouth. And I can feel that something has been dislodged or I messed up. And I go to a mirror, and my... I'm completely disfigured and I'm I'm not there's no blood or anything. I just have this huge like mangled face and I'm freaking out and everybody's freaking out. I don't know what's going on. And after a while I'm running around, it's like gradually getting better and better. I don't know what. And then the weirdest thing is is the other night I started reading about lucid dreams. And I just wasn't getting fully into it, but I read that if you want cuz sometimes I can wake myself up out of a dream. I have the ability to kind of look around and say, okay, I am dreaming, and I will always snap myself out of it in the morning. Um, but I read that if you take your two fingers, uh, your two of your fingers, and point it directly into the middle of your palm, 
That's supposed to let you somehow know that you're in a dream world. I didn't think anything of it. But the next thing I know, when I'm in my dream and I've got this big head that looks crazy, I started doing that in my dream, pointing into my palm. And I woke and I knew that I was dreaming and I kept being in the dream for a minute and then woke myself up. Okay. And how did you feel in the dream? I was terrified that because I could feel this dislodgement or something wrong within the, my upper back, chest, neck area, right. and I was terrified that how I looked and how that I was going to look like that forever. <laughs> how was your health? I would say I, I'm not, not, not great, could be better. Uh, yes. How old are you? Uh, 33. And how long have you been married? Uh, just, just three years now. Just three years. And uh, how is it going? Um, it's, uh, it, the, the marriage is going really good, but we've, we've, we've had a, a setback, um, right. recently with, uh, recently with something, but trying to have a child. No, we're not there yet. I think she, I think the problem is she thinks she has a child right now. That's you, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can admit it. Yes. So, um, there's two things in the, uh, to consider here in reading it, um, What's the analogy? What would you see as the analogy to your everyday life? The analogy to my everyday life? What would yes. I compare my everyday life to? Yes. What? Uh, yes. That's really good because I'm good with analogies, but I don't know what I would put it into. Um, what's the, so uh, what's, what's crumbling in your life? Well, all right. Uh, well, I have, uh, we recently moved here, and I haven't been working in a while. The radio station I, we, we, the, we've been doing for a while, but you know, I'm, uh, I haven't been fully employed since we moved to Austin, Texas. Right. And that's one of the setbacks that I'm currently dealing with. There's, right, right. There is another, but I haven't really come forth with that yet. Right. So, uh, so these are setbacks. And uh, so you see there's an analogy there, and you're, it's reflecting itself in your physical status. And uh, you're feeling it in the area of the chest, right? Sort, yeah, uh, yeah, that's one part of it. Yes. Yeah, the upper back and the chest. What does the back do? Um, I have been ha- from the moment that I stopped working till now. I have been having a really bad um, upper back. I can, I can identify. There's just a pain, a sharp pain in my left side of my spine that has right. not subsided. Because the back usually has to do with difficult with monetary difficulties. And what is the chest? What is the reflection of the chest? Um, you know, shortness of breath and like. A no, no, I mean in terms oh. of your status as a as a as a human being. What is it? What is it? I'm sorry. All the places of all the places that could be reflected in the dream takes place in the chest. What is the chest? You're saying like your heart. Well, that's that's where the heart is. But what is the chest? Hmm. What's the qualities of a chest in a man? For me, I don't have big pectorials. I'm not that <laughs> strong, so it wouldn't be that. Well, but the chest usually uh, has to do with manliness. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Right, it could reflect manliness. In other words, are you carrying your weight? Are you bearing your responsibility? Are you? Uh, um, uh, is it getting you? Da- is it? Is it? Cru- is it crushing in on you? I would say yes. Yes, of course. Oh, my God. You are good. (laughs) So, um, I would say that 
it would be good for you to take uh, a step there to maybe find um, some sort of uh, therapeutic uh, um, avenue to go and uh, find some uh, way to you know to help you out with this issue. That's 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 what's in the works right now. So yeah, that's, so that's what you need. So it really indicates that this is a critical time and you need to do it. Yes, sir, and that's. Uh, that's what's happening. That's pretty. That's pretty interesting. That's very interesting. He's <laughs> right on it. Has to do with keeping your marriage intact. Um, in the in the marriage in the wedding, uh, you go off and play basketball, so you weren't committed. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what's funny is my my wife is here with us right now. She's baby snakes, and she currently does not have headphones on, so she'll have to go back and listen to this. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. We uh, there was a crossing point. Want you to that, grow up. Yep. Mhm. Want you to grow up, and this is going to be important for the future of your relationship. Wow. Can can we go to your website and learn all these techniques? Is everything is there. Okay. And I'm gonna be studying uh, this. You'll see all of my shopping cart with all these things you can get to, uh, all these different products that I've published. Not only the the books and the and the uh, articles, but I've also have three very very wonderful 3D sets, uh, CD sets, three CD sets, and lots of other CDs that are available that cover a tremendous variety of topics. It's like a whole home study course. Everything is there for you. Wonderful. Again, okay, give us give us your website for people just. Uh, Doctor Jerry Epstein, D R J E R R Y, E P S T E I N, dot org. One word. Wonderful. I'm I'm very excited that I discovered this. Yes. I have a lot of studying to do. And I, guys, do you want to add anything? Go look up the powerimagery.com also. You'll find powerimagery.com. Right. Okay. Okay. Nice talking with you. I got to go. Hey, thank you very thank much. Thank you so much for being here. We'll have you back on again. Hey, great. Well, and lots of success to all of you. Thank you. Thank, thank you, you back so much. Doctor. Wow. Okay. Wow. I'm I'm a little speechless here. That was good. We we expose ourselves, really our lives too much. I know the oh first, the first thing. Psychics get yeah. it. The doctors get it. Everybody like <laughs> totally uncovers and I much. feel naked. <laughs> I know what I'm doing. I'm getting my uh, 25 milligrams of B12 and I'm going to be writing my dreams down. He said 20 or 25? 25 milligrams of I B12. I think 20 milligrams. No. Yeah. B no, he said B six. No, he said B twelve. He said B six. I wrote it down right here. Twenty five. I wrote milligrams. it down too. Twenty milligrams of vitamin B six. Mm. Hey, baby snakes, I might be bringing my work home now. You know what I mean? Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> You'll have to listen to this. What Apparently, I shouldn't play basketball need... that often anymore. All right, for one. We need to have. Well, no, that was just. <laughs> The, the symbol, symbolism, you know. Well, what about my big elephant man face? You know, I, my head was as big as those Eminem characters that are in the, you know, commercials. That, maybe you feel like you were ugly or something, or you were, you were worried about maybe not being uh, attractive enough. Or <laughs> come on, <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> you see, humanity. Yeah, right. <laughs> That wasn't. Oh, Man, I didn't even tell him all this other crazy. I I dream crazy stuff. Your your dreams. But he's telling. He's saying, do not think your dreams are psychotic. Do not treat your dreams 
as a psychotic event. And don't interpret them. Never. Do not try to analyze them. Just take them as they are. As they are. And it's very interesting because I want to learn all this stuff. I have been reading a lot about how the organs are connected to emotions. Like he said, liver, the anger, you know, yeah. your your chest, uh, your lungs, is sadness, you know, uh, helplessness. And I mean, I've, I've seen you do it. You, whenever you worry about something, Vera, you you go right for your your stomach area. And the right you, upper quadrant. You you hold your you hold your stomach as soon as you worry. I'm too nice, and I mean, it makes sense because I hold back a lot. I should just let go and be. Spicy Hispanic woman like everybody else, you know, and like let go of my anger and be like, hey, you be yourself, you know, like just <laughs> so sorry, dear husband. <laughs> yeah, you should have smacked that alien. <laughs> you know, I was back up. You know what? I was paralyzed. I couldn't defend myself against this alien. I could see him and I could hear the voice of another one who was telling to relax, just relax, don't fight it. Would you rather have had a big head and a, and a scary face running around all crazy? <laughs> no. <laughs> <clears throat> oh, my gosh. I, I kind of did okay with this coughing. I was very nervous. Um, How come you didn't share any dreams, Little Ninja? I haven't had any good ones lately. You know, I forgot to ask him. Um, Well, he kind of covered it. Because uh, you have that problem. Do you... Barely ever remember your dreams. Yeah. But then um, I forgot. He did cover it. He answered the question before I even asked. Um, you take 20, 20 25 that, milligrams 25 of, milligrams of vitamin B12. 6 or 12. I don't know which one. I'm pretty <laughs> I sure you said you say B12. 6. <laughs> <laughs> so try both. <laughs> wait a minute, wait a minute. When I try this, when <laughs> I try the 12. I'm telling the people to overdose on this. Yeah. You've got to be careful. No, I say You're going to mix up reality? You're going to be like, what was that movie we were watching the other night with that big lizard clown? And you're like, wait a second, that was my dream. Oh, my gosh. Another interesting thing I found, um, him being a medical doctor, um, he said, everything is real. I, I like that. That was neat. I've never heard, really cool. you know, somebody with... Uh, such degree just simply tell you it's real. <clears throat> That's your reality. And he even said it's part of a different um, space, different dimension. Yeah. dimension. Yeah. You basically said that you're traveling. <clears throat> it's interesting. I'm going to keep writing them down every morning I wake up now. Let's do it for the whole week and then we'll talk about we it. Should. We should. Uh, talk- yeah. I, I did write a lot of dreams down um <clears throat> but I do fall into that mistake of interpreting and um, analyzing and trying to figure it out what that means. And sometimes when they're totally crazy, yes, I do know I forget about them. I don't pay attention to them. But um, I'm not gonna do that anymore. I'm gonna really pay attention to everything that I dream because it's obviously something's communicating, something is telling you whether it's your own self, your body trying to give you a message, hey, you know, you better check out this organ or you better check out these emotions, you know, <clears throat> and everything goes on balance. And it makes sense. Yeah. It does. Yeah. You know, it's crazy in the Hispanic culture, at least. You, I grew up at least hearing dreams are huge, huge in, in, in my culture. <clears throat> but they're, they're pretty funny, too. Like, for instance, if you dream of, the, the, they do the dream interpretation, but it's crazy. If you dream of a wedding, Supposedly somebody's gonna die. Well, don't say that. Or if, hello. Well, you say, I, right. say, I know, but that's he probably said no. That's not it. I mean, that's just the belief in the in my culture. 
or if you dream of somebody dying, it means that somebody something new is about to happen. Hmm. Like something old dying. Or if you dream like your teeth are falling. You know, all this all this I hate crazy stuff. <clears throat> I had dreamed that before. Oh, I've dreamed it's that really a bunch. Creepy. And it, you're so devastated, you're like, My teeth are I falling know, out. like I'll never look the same. How am I gonna do? Like your vanity like totally kicks in. Your are they ego. always real, real loose? They haven't quite fallen yeah. out. They're all and then and they're like, like Yeah, you're like and then they fall, and you're like, ah, you're totally freaking out. And you wake up, and you're like, oh, my God. We had such a bane. We were so bane. <laughs> Humans. So egocentric. I'm excited about the project and his work. I admire him. I mean, he's basically working on reshaping human consciousness. I, and I, I think that's where we're heading to. I think so, too. I mean... I, I, I even liked how he said he doesn't ever recommend. Well, he doesn't recommend people to go see a medical standard doctors yeah, standard and pre- yeah. That was that was very interesting. I'm gonna be excited to go to sleep from now on. It's gonna be like six thirty. I'm know. like, I'm going to bed. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Give me my B six dash B twelve. I gotta go check out some other world. I'll be back in a little bit. <laughs> it's it's like a whole new level of like it's like playing a video game or something. Do you know what That's I right. remember being little, and it's probably because. I was a child, and, and we were more open to this stuff. But I remember being able to, like like you said, um, control it. Control for, it. Yeah. I can do that whenever like, I want. I remember thinking, oh, I'm dreaming. I can fly. Well, now we just start flying and yeah. doing whatever. You can't do that now? No. I have the ability to, when things are going bad, to know, okay, I, I but I have to figure it out. Mm-hmm. Like I'm like in the dream, and I'm trying to figure it out, and I'm like, I got it. And it was so weird when I mentioned that, putting the two fingers to the palm. Mm-hmm. When I read that, I didn't really take that into consideration. Well, your subconscious took it. It did, and I started doing it. And I, I, was, I told Baby Snakes the next day, I was so proud of myself. I was like, wasn't that cool that well, I you, did that? You've always heard the whole pinching, pinch yourself, right. pinch myself, wake me up, you know, when you're having a nightmare. Mm-hmm. We didn't cover this. There's a lot of information, guys. You have to visit this doctor's website. It's amazing. We he even talks about exorcism and he talks about uh, how to reverse your ni- your nightmares, how to take control. Uh, I wanted to ask him about his opinion about near death experiences, you know, all this stuff. Yeah, I really want to pick on his brain. This guy's amazing. Um have you ever spoken in tongues, like made no sense, and, like, and you're like laying there and you're like, oh, uh, no. I've done, I've done that. <laughs> That's about it. I don't think I should. Yeah. <laughs> well, I've heard people doing that. In- She's heard me do it. What? Yeah. Were you, were you I got scared? A, I got a demon. Yeah. Oh, don't oh say God. that. Uh-uh. You've been playing with I think maybe board. you had no. blood, love blood sugar or something. That's possible. I don't think so lately. Your brain wasn't quite all there, and you were like trying to talk, and it wasn't quite coming out. And now that I've been eating ice cream every day for 45 days. We, yeah. we, should, we should have some listeners out there uh, email us um, your crazy dreams. Anything interesting, email us. Uh, yeah, let, let us know about yeah. your nightmares. Uh, share your... Even if you have, have you had premonitory dreams? Have you had uh, recurrent dreams? Mm-hmm. You know, there's people that dream that same thing again and again and oh, again. Yeah. We're continuous. Um, you, you know, we we know someone who has dreams of being chased. Yeah. <clears throat> all the time, and it's horrible. It's very realistic, and that is scary because that is scary when he this doctor puts it this way. Because when you wake up, you're like, oh, it was a dream. Forget it. Put but it on the past. And now he's saying it's real. real. Like it happened. Like how do you cope with that? Yeah. I think that's cool. 
I think that's cool. You fight it. You 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 go back in a nin- uh, as a ninja on your next so, dream. Be like, so times, come right? on, ring it on. <laughs> Start doing push-ups, getting ready for your for your dream. <laughs> How about we we let's let's have a contact. We didn't, I didn't even ask him. There's these crazy theories about you actually being able to meet with others oh. in a dream state. Like. I forgot like to ask him about that. Like we could all meet up in our dream state. We'd yeah. have to all go into like hypnosis in the same room or something. Right? And like Let's meet each other. It. Like meet each other in, in this other, the, connect or channel somehow so the three of us can go and play. And just, we'll just, we'll make a big picture of the V6 <laughs> together and just drink it all. And then take some cough medicine. And then <laughs> Wake up and be dead. And <laughs> in the newspaper and the next... Another dimensions weird but true. <laughs> Three craziest right mm-hmm. experiment with overdose of vitamin. It makes me think of uh, Nightmare on Elm Street Part Three, Dream Warriors. <laughs> Ever seen it? They, no. They all are in a psychiatric ward because of Freddy, but they oh, all yes. sit in a room together and they all go under hypnosis. And when they get to their <clears> dreams, <throat> they all have each one of them have developed certain powers. Like one of the guys was in a wheelchair in real life, but when he gets in there. He can stand up and he's a wizard and he can shoot lightning out of his hands. It's the best nightmare on Elm Street out there. I haven't seen that one. Dream Warriors. But it's crazy. I remember those those were pretty scary. I also read in, in his website, he talks about the movie Inception. Have you seen that? Yeah, I saw it. Yeah. He says that that's completely false. I wouldn't really? think he would say that. Wow. Yeah. Well, in the website, says that's false. He's ma- that, that movie makes a lot of mistakes that are nothing to do with how it really happened. Oh, that's, um, that's Hollywood. I mean, they... But at least you could have, yeah, like, done a little... You can't ever believe, like... <clears throat> no, there's movies that are based on, you know, documentaries. There's well, movies you know, that are based on true stories. And I, I like, take try that back. To be... like, The Fourth Kind. Did you, have you seen that one? Of the fourth, course. The Fourth Kind was pretty good. Yeah. Is it the Fourth real. Kind or yeah. the Third Kind? Is it the Encounters Fourth Kind? Encounters of the... You talking about Steven Spielberg? The or the, no, the... With Mia Jovovich? Which one is that? It was the one where the, the kid got taken... In Alaska? In Alaska, yes. Is that a you like that? Time? Yeah. Mm. I did not like that movie. I neither. No. Contact was cool. I like wow, that. Wow, that was that's been a while. Contact was sweet. That movie was one with Jodie Foster. Mm-hmm. That was realistic. That was um. I mean, that they, one that, made me cry. That, that, that movie research. made me cry. Yeah. They, they and of course, you be that. totally believe that that happened because even though they tell her, oh absolutely, oh whatever, you weren't gone. Yeah. Yes, I was gone, and you're like, yes, you were gone. <laughs> you're the totally Matrix. The, the Matrix is a true story. Oh, come on. <laughs> Loosely based. Lord of the Rings was real. Yeah, it was. You know, a couple of centuries ago. The Matrix. Wow. Whoa. <laughs> I forgot to ask him about ghosts. I wanted to know his opinion about ghosts and spirits. and Like well, if I you really dreamed about loved to... ones and stuff? Yeah. Like what are you, if you dream about loved ones, you think, well, he would have said, yeah, it's all real. But how do you know? Okay, how do you know? Whether it was the actual spirit of a loved one or it was just your subconscious giving you an image of your loved one because you miss them so much, you want to see them on a dream state. How Apparently do you know? to him, it's it's real though. I've seen. Well, I've, either, I've I guess seen, either way is real, but how do you know? I've had conversations with, you know, dead, deceased people. You have. Yeah, in my dreams, it's been interesting. Well, me too. Really? So it must have yeah, been real. Yeah, me too. And I've, you remember I've the had... conversations oh, right yeah. now? Yeah, very clearly. I had premonitory dreams before. I've been I, I'll my... share this. I'll share this real quick. Uh, one day I was um, shopping, and I don't know where the cashier's guy says, excuse me, ma'am. I'm like, yeah, I'm afraid to tell you, but you, have an, I, you just got an important phone call. And I said, oh, yeah, what is it about? He said, well, uh, 
so-and-so's son just passed away. And at the time, I had a friend whose son um, was um, sick in the hospital. And I just, I freaked out when the cashiers told me that. He's just looking at me. I can remember his face, like everything about this cashier's person. He's telling me this. And I just started running, looking for a phone, and I couldn't find the phone. And then my, my cell phone starts ringing. And I, I wake up, and I'm like, oh. And I answer the phone, and it's my friend telling me, yeah, his son passed away. Outside of the dream, right? Yeah, outside of the dream. That's weird. Wow. Wow. I mean, that means, that's got to mean something. Yeah, that's definitely got to yeah. mean something. But I believe that in connection to, you know, when, when you have a loved one that you, you, you're friends with or, or family members that you're connected with mentally, I mean, you probably can feel that person. I, I believe that very, very deeply. Oh, absolutely. <clears throat> you, had, you had some, well, I don't know if you want to talk about it, about your, um, your pet. Oh, yeah. I, yeah, I had a dream about uh, our family pet. Um, he, he was sick. And I had gone overseas. I, I was in uh, England, and uh, and just at night, I I I had this dream about about uh, my dog dying, and and I I freaked out and I called my sister and she she had uh, she was crying and had said that my dog was dying at that moment. Yeah. So definitely, there has to be a connection. I remember you telling me that. Yeah, <clears throat> that was that was interesting. I forgot about that one. That was. Uh, it was really, really strange because because uh, Scrumper was was uh, my dog's name, and he was literally dying in my sister's arms when I called, and that was like Aww. probably like three hours before. And, I had and the you dream. were on the or other side of the, the world. You yeah. were in in Europe. Yeah. How crazy is yeah. that? Like, there's no distance. That's weird. But I mean, our family dog. We were all like that was our. That, that was, was your our baby. Yeah. That was part yeah. of your family. Yeah. So, hi. What about you, Marfaman? Have you had anything like that? Just. I haven't had too much, you know, uh, death happen in my family or friends, but I had it. My, when my grandfather, when my grandfather passed away, mm-hmm. I did have a couple of dreams that, and I have not since, but they were closing dreams with where I was hanging out with him, and we literally there was like a an exchange of you know somewhat goodbyes and letting us know that he was okay. Hmm, interesting. To, to be short. <laughs> oh, well, we have a caller. Let Let's see. Um, hello, caller. You're on the air. Hi, what's your name? Hello? Are we dreaming? <laughs> Hello, caller? Hello? It's on. Hello, you're live. What's your name? Thank you for calling Veranormal. Is it a ghost? Is it a phone call from the other side? Go, go, go. Is my face getting big? No. <laughs> <Huh>? <laughs> <laughs> I can't hear anything right? well. <clears throat> well, don't be shy. You're more than welcome to start talking. I can hear noises. I did too. Can I, you hear somebody, that? I think somebody pocket called us. Do you think somebody pocket called us? <laughs> Whoa. I can hear noises. Hey, Is that you? Joking. Oh. I know I don't recognize the area code on this number. What well, is it? I see the number. I'm not gonna repeat it on the air. What no the area code? Six one five. That's New York, right? No. You look it up. It's okay. Well, we'll we'll hang up, and if you want to try again, go ahead. We have a, a few minutes left. You can call and and maybe share your nightmare with us, or your or your happy dreams, whatever you wish. 
Okay. Well, uh, sometimes it happens. It was interesting. <clears throat> yeah. Maybe it was a ghost. You can look it up. 615? It's by Nashville. <clears throat> I don't know. Let's see our, our tech back there. <laughs> Maybe it's Dream World. <clears throat> Dream World? What's Marvel that? Marvel Land. Marvel Land. <laughs> Oh my God! It'd be funny if you know <laughs> know you just wake up and you be like, "Whoa!" You <laughs> had a crazy dream. Tell us, tell us about Marfa. Marfa? Yeah. How did you get your name? That's uh, Baby Snakes and I decided to make a pit stop on the way from our LA trip to Austin, and we picked out the hotel that Giant was filmed with James Dean, Rock Hudson, and Elizabeth Taylor, and. There's not a whole lot to Marfa, but we uh, we showed up there and stayed at the Hotel El Paisano where they filmed that there and where they all stayed there. Nice. And uh, the hotel was um, since preserved and looks really cool, but it's in the middle of a downtown, kind of like the you know the end of like you know the the, the center of town with Back to the Future. Yeah. Do you know what I mean with the yeah. clock tower and yeah, stuff? Yeah, yeah. It looks like that, but nothing's open. Whoa. It's all like so it's closed abandoned. down. It's it, like ghost it, town. Yeah. Look, it was pretty much very abandoned, but apparently I hear it's a very artistic looking. It's a very an artsy place from where people go. But we showed up there at night, and we stayed at the hotel. We had a very weird experience in our hotel. We went and saw the, the lights in Marfa. They have the weird lights that you look out, and if you do look out, you'd see these lights dissolving, and they look like stars dissolving and reappearing all over the place. That we have to do. We got to go. We have to go. Out. Yeah, we got to cool. do some filming. Yeah. yeah. Maybe we can do one of these shows <clears throat> from Marfa. <laughs> they have connection there. I want to go to Roswell. Like nowhere. It's 56K <laughs> dialect. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure they do. Come I'd on. love to go back because I do hear that there's things to do there. But like I said, we left in the morning and took off. But hey, no, we ate at Phillips 66. Phillips 67. What is it? The gas station? Phillips mm-hmm. 67? Yeah, That's where we ate that night. 66. Phillips 66. Yeah. yeah. That's where we had dinner. Awesome. Because I don't know. There was nothing around. Yeah. There's two hotels there. What do you eat? What did we eat? Mm-hmm. We had we got uh, microwavable like beefaroni raviolis. <laughs> <laughs> it was an interesting little place, but I definitely we definitely want to go back. Very beautiful hotel. Have you been at Roswell? Yes, we have. We've been I've been three times. Baby snakes has been twice. Man, almost said your real name. I want to go to Sedona. California or Arizona? Arizona. We drove right past it. Supposed to be. I'm craving to go to this. Spiritual. There's a lot of wine journey, there. You know, I don't That's know about spiritual. wine. There's, yeah. a lot, yeah, there's, a, there's a lot of hotels that are like for therapeutic stuff. Let the spirits run through you. Or rehab. What do you mean? <laughs> 615 is Tennessee. Oh. I told you. Somebody it's from, Nashville. Who called that one? Oh, my God. <laughs> psychic. I've got like three or four friends from Nashville. This is probably one of them. Well, tell them to call back again. John Foos? John Foos, was that you? <laughs> Is that, is that the one? Name. Sorry, bro. <laughs> <laughs> is that the one with the alien, alien girlfriend? No, that's my crush? friend John from Memphis. Another John? <laughs> Another John. Yeah, that was funny, though. <clears throat> oh, my goodness. <clears throat> All right, guys. Well, um, do you want to add anything before we go? Um, I think everybody needs to really take their 25 milligrams of B12. Not tonight. Not tonight? Let's all do it at the same mm-hmm. night, though. One. And let's all have our cell phones on. And then we need to write our dreams down. I, re- I really think we let's, need to Let's do stay that. on Skype or something. Do yeah. like a conference call and fall asleep. Yeah. All right, good night. <laughs> <laughs> have babies in the monitor. Are you asleep yet? <laughs> no farting, Skype though. sleepover. That's a new <laughs> I, 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 You know what we could do is drink... Join um, us on our Skype sleepover. 
We could drink uh, Sleepy Time. Have you ever had Sleepy Time tea? Yes. Yeah, of yes. course. Extra Sleepy Time tea. It does knock me out. It yes. does. We should all have that, that together. Thing, I was drinking there like, just to kind of relax. You and, can't fight and do it. a reading. I was like, I was out. It's loaded with valerian root. It it somewhat makes you feel like a hangover though in the morning. You feel groggy, but it's it'll knock you out. I remember. Well, I want to be able to. I I want to remember my dreams, and I want to try to be awake and control your dreams. And control. Well, not control it, but just kind of being a little bit in charge. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe I'm gonna like psychically call you to see if if I can make you appear and see. Well, what if we all did that and said we describe a place that we're going to meet up in and we all think about that. Okay, why okay. not? You know I mean? Like you said, a train? Like you said, a train? Or Hawaii? Where do you want to meet? Ooh. Where should we all meet? A train? And maybe some, some listeners can meet, meet us there. And okay. Somewhere with not a lot of like description. Something easy. Okay. Like you could say a beach, but that's that's pretty easy. Or like a top Where? of a mount, snow-capped mountain. A cabin. Uh, There's a cabin. A cabin? That's kind of creepy. And a mountain. <laughs> a cabin in the middle of nowhere. How about Grand Central Station? I had never been there. I don't even that's know what be, it looked like. It's going to be busy. Yeah. It's going to be busy in my dream. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> a cabin is perfect. Okay. Let's meet in a cabin. All right. How many windows in this cabin? One on each wall. How many walls? Four. It's just one room. One room. Okay. With a little... Um, just... A, is it long? <clears throat> A, a, yes, oh, log cabin. brown log cabin. Yeah. Brown log cabin. Low cabin okay. with a little loft. And is it, is it snow or is it snow? Snowing. And there's just one bed. <laughs> hey. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're totally uh, being on the floor. <laughs> no, just bed. no bed. It's like a couch and like a fire's going. <clears throat> okay. You know, in a square room. <clears throat> and a cot. <laughs> and there's cards on the table. <clears throat> there's what? Ooh, cards. Cards on the table. Cards. And cards. some wine. The door is locked. So we can't let any other people in? Yeah. Okay. There's going to be some scary stuff. Okay. All right. There you go. We're going to talk about this dream next time on the Veranormal Show. Well, guys, thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much, Dr. Jerry Epstein, for talking to us tonight. Everybody, please go to the website, www.drjerryepstein.org or www.powerimagery.com. To learn more about us, go to www.veranormal.com. Please remember, we are no expert, just big paranormal fans. You always miss your punchline. Me or him? I have you here. Me? Yeah, be skeptical. I don't, I don't even have paper anymore. Be skeptical, but be open-minded too. And let's continue to search for answers. Thank you, everyone. I hope you enjoyed the show. Sweet Good dreams. Night. <laughs> no crickets on that one. <laughs> oh my god. Oh yeah, that's it for tonight. The Vera Normal Show. Little Nidge, Marfa Man, Vera Martinez, we're out.